Welcome to the Everyday PM Podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified project slash program manager with a decade of experience working for healthcare, retail, consumer goods, and tech industries. I'm so excited to have you all join us for this week's topic on pre-mortem, the what, why, and how of it. Returning to the podcast is Jennifer Elder, CEO of the Sole Proprietorship, the Sustainable CFO. Jennifer, thank you for coming back on the podcast. Please take a brief moment to introduce yourself to those who have not met you yet. Thank you, Anne. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Um, I am a certified speaking professional and a certified public accountant, and the majority of my career has been spent uh, in the private side in finance departments and as CFO for a couple of different companies for about 15 years. And there were always projects that had to be managed. So I've been exposed to quite a few successes and quite a few that didn't quite go so well. <laughs> yeah. And I'm very much interested in tapping into your experiences on this particular topic. Now, I know I originally invited you back to the podcast because, well, number one, you're wonderful. But number two, I know how much work you would have had to have done on risk management as a CFO of a company, right? You're, I'm sure you were constantly assessing risk. And I think we chatted about you coming on to speak about risk, but I think this very topic of pre-mortem is touching on that anyways. And I think it's a topic that not a lot of people are aware even exist. So I'm excited to dive into it with you today. So I think to set us up for the topic, what I would say for your everyday lives as our listeners, um, consider the saying an apple a day keeps the doctor away, right? It's that, what is that actually telling us? It's that preventative measure like getting in your daily fruits and vegetables or whatever it need, you need to do to keep yourself healthy. Interestingly enough, we know all of this, right? It continues to nag us in the back of our heads that yes, I should eat an apple a day, et cetera. But are we actually doing these preventative measures to keep ourselves healthy? Most of the time, we're not surprised when the doctor says, oh, baby, you're, you're out of shape. You need to exercise more because we can see it coming or we can actually physically feel it coming, right? That we haven't had that apple day to keep the doctor away. So this, I think that this analogy is probably one of the, the, the better ones that I could think of in terms of when we talk about projects and risk management and this idea of pre-mortem, it's another opportunity for us as project managers to prevent things from happening on the project that we could have foreseen at the beginning. So I think to dive right in, Jennifer, I would love your thoughts on what exactly a pre-mortem is um, to help educate our listeners. Sure. A um, couple of things that came to mind while you were uh, setting the stage here is one of my favorite quotes is from Winston Churchill, who said, failing to plan is planning to fail. Mm -hmm. And other thing that came to mind was he said, you know, we know these things, but we still don't do them. Right. And there are two psychological barriers here that we have to overcome. One is the, um, it's called the, the optimism fallacy, mm -hmm. where the harder the project, the easier we think it will be. Right. The easier the project the more concerned we get. 
So it's like when we think it's going to be easy, you know, when it's simple, we feel like we're missing something. But when it's mm-hmm. complicated, we feel like we've addressed everything. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So we have this bias towards optimism. And I think that's why the premortem is so effective, is it will take us out of that bias. It'll take those, you know, rose-colored glasses off mm-hmm. and make you say, you know, if, if uh, the other, I guess, expression that comes to mind is Mr. Murphy. Uh, I think I just froze there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Mr. Murphy. So the, uh, Mr. Murphy says, if it can go wrong, it will. My variation on that or the Jennifer corollary is <laughs> if you have a plan to deal with it, it won't happen. Because it Got seems it. like the world loves chaos. Mm-hmm. So if you have a plan, that's not the problem that will arise. Something else might, sure. but not the one you thought of. So that's where the pre-mortem really comes in is you know, we're all familiar with a post-mortem. Yes. How do you figure out why something died? The pre-mortem is to do that ahead of time and try and figure out what might kill your project. Mm-hmm. So you have to almost put on a different hat and say, I am going to be Debbie or David Downer. I am going to think of all the things that can go wrong. And the idea is to brainstorm all the different things that could come in the way of you and success. Then we can think about what steps could we take to mitigate those? And so right. the very, you know, that post premortem is to help you identify the things that you're not thinking about right now because we're excited. You know, if it's almost as like, um, you know, the first time you meet the love of your life, you're all excited. It's wonderful. Butterflies. You a couple years yeah. into it and you go, how did I miss this? <laughs> you know, there's something that really annoys you. And you're going, I love that analogy. Absolutely. So when we're starting a project, we are in that honeymoon phase where we're mm-hmm. loving everything. And so we really have to say, what could go wrong? Yeah, it's that simple question, right? And so does the, I, I think you did a great job of, of describing what a pre-mortem is. Um, most of us, like you said, are familiar with postmortems, and, and it's it's always after the fact that we say, "Oh, I, we wish we could have done better." But this is absolutely the time is at the beginning of the project to ask those questions. There's nothing wrong with asking those questions right away. To your point, as a PM, you might end up being that negative Nancy or whatever the, the Debbie Downer mm-hmm. or, or whatnot. But I think it's definitely important to kick off a project with that mentality. Because then you have this thinking from the team coming of what could go wrong. You're kind of constantly watching out for it as well, right? Because now it's top of mind as you're going through the project, trying to avoid some of the things you discussed in this conversation. It, It serves a couple of purposes. Number one, I think it helps to think about it as you're trying to get approval for your project. Because by thinking about the things that could get in the way, and what you can do about it, you're demonstrating to the powers that be that you've put some serious thought into this. And when you've taken the time to think about 
how we ensure success, you've just made it a safer option for your leaders to choose. So it works in your favor right up front for getting approval or getting support. And then to your point, once you've identified those risk factors, they do stay top of mind. So when they come up or start to appear, you laser focus right in on them and go, oh, we talked about that. Yeah. So you're much more aware than suddenly being broadsided going, where did this come from? Right, right, exactly. And, and, and another benefit to, to doing this at, you know, before project kickoff or at project kickoff is by the time you get to the end of a project, I mean, I can't even remember what I ate yesterday, let alone what, you know, went wrong or what went well on a project months or even years ago. So when you're wor- your PM working on some of these complex projects that have very long timelines, it's challenging to do that memory recall at the end of a project, which is another beauty of this pre-mortem is that it's a, it's a great exercise, which we'll talk about the details of how to do it, but it's a great exercise to get people's minds going on those things ahead of time. Absolutely. In terms of the actual exercise, because I'm sure a lot of the people listening in want to just get to the deep, fine details of, okay, I'm, I'm sold into this. I bought into this pre-mortem idea. How do I do it? Do you have any tips on how to facilitate a pre-mortem? Oh, absolutely. Uh, The first is you have to start with the end in mind. So get your team together. Uh, You want to set the stage for them that no idea is stupid. Mm -hmm. We're looking for absolute, the, the more we can think about the better and crazy ideas are okay. And set the stage that this is what success looks like. So what would success be at the end of the project? What is it that you're trying to accomplish and what specifically would it look like? So remind people of the end goal. Then we can get everybody to brainstorm what are all the things that could stop us from being successful? What could happen? And I like to break down into two categories. What could happen internally that could be an issue? Mm -hmm. We lose our champion or our sponsor. Uh, We lose some of the expertise. Um, We maybe some of our team members. Mm -hmm. Um, get reassigned somewhere else. So those are internal factors. Then I also like to ask about the external factors. What trends or things are happening out in the world that could impact us? Maybe you're doing a project for a client. Well, what if the client's needs or wants change? What if technology changes? Uh, What if the technology doesn't work the way we thought it would work? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of break it down into those two categories. You're much more likely to be able to put preventative measures in place for internal issues. Right. But I want to make sure I keep my fingers on the pulse of the external issues. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm trying to break it down and, and that all absolutely is clear in terms of um, the how of how to conduct the, the pre-mortem. I think an analogy to your everyday life that comes to mind is if you're planning a construction or renovation project on your house, I think your internal measures are going to be, you have control of your budget, what you want to spend it on, 
Uh, I think even some things that may come up in inspection that you didn't realize were there, uh, your external factors, you know, are going to be the weather, uh, uh, things that would hinder your team from being able to build or set the concrete or it's basic things like that, that go into renovation. But I think, um, to your point, it's, it's about listening in on what could potentially go wrong on the project and having that open conversation, uh, with your team. And do you envision Jennifer that you're inviting, uh, the entire team that's actually working on the project or is the project sponsor involved in terms of your key players for pre-mortem? Who are they? I would prefer more than less. Okay. More eyes on the ideas, the better. Uh, and the, the more eyes have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the analogy that I like to think of when doing a pre-mortem is uh, if any of your listeners have small children, if you've ever decided to go on a trip for more than two hours and just thrown the kids in the car, you realize you did not do a pre-mortem. You did not think of all the things that could go wrong. And about an hour into, you know, a three hour trip, you're going, what was I not thinking? Sure. Um, The next time you start thinking about, uh, do I have enough gas in the car? Mm -hmm. Do we have the right snacks? Do we Mm -hmm. have juice? Do we have extra changes of clothes for the kids? Right. Um, Do we know when we need to take bathroom breaks? Yeah. Or do we have games? You know, all the things you start to think of all the things that your kids might need in the car. Mm -hmm. And that next trip is a whole lot more successful as a result. And no parent has ever planned a trip by themselves. (laughs) Right. They always want to talk to the other parent or partner or whoever it is that's going on the trip and saying, what did I not think of? Mm -hmm. Or they'll call grandma and grandpa and say, you've done this a whole bunch of times. What am I missing? Right. So we want more eyes. And again, the idea is let's think of all the things that could go wrong. Popcorn ideas everywhere. Mm -hmm. But the next step after that is not to get overwhelmed. Sure. Because I can imagine that and, would be. And say, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, I, I, there might be road construction. What happens if we get stopped by the police? <laughs> right. What if there's traffic? People just don't want to do the project anymore. They don't want right. to go on the trip anymore after the Exactly. <laughs> so, what we want to do then is to sort the issues mm-hmm. and figure out. What has the greatest probability of happening? Right. And then what can I do about it? Now, there might be different levels of things that you can do about it. Um, You know, if you think, again, I'll go back to the analogy of taking a trip with your kids. One of your kids gets sick. You have a number of options there. Mm -hmm. You can turn around and go back. If your child gets car sick, you have things you can do to ease their car sickness. Mm-hmm. Or you could say, now is a good time to pull over and we'll take a break. Or we could say, we're going to pull over and get a hotel. Right. So we think about the different options that we have to address that risk. But I want to start with the ones that are most likely. Yeah. And the ones that would cause the biggest disruption. For sure. 
Yeah. So you could think about this with two axes. One might be probability, zero to it's going to happen 100%. Mm-hmm. And then the other would be um, minor impact to you know stop the presses. This right. could destroy us. And what we want to focus on are the things that are in the upper right-hand quadrant. Mm-hmm. High probability, big impact. Mm-hmm. And we can start with those. The other thing you might find is that when you're looking at all the things that could happen, you might actually be able be able to bundle some of them together. Right. Because they may have the same effect, just different sources. Right. So again, I'll go back to that analogy of taking a, a road trip. Um, construction and traffic have the same effect. They slow you down. Yeah. So what you're trying to deal with is what? Do, how do I keep the kids busy when I've been slowed down? Or where can I make up time? Mm-hmm. In a project, we may end up with the same thing. Things slow us down that we didn't see. And it could come from various different reasons. Could be a team member's on vacation. It could be that we need our client's input and they're on vacation. Uh, could be we're waiting for materials and they've been delayed but the outcome of it is still the same. How do we handle a delay? So you can start to summarize some of these different issues into what's the effect. And then I work on figuring out how do I deal with that effect? I really don't care what the source is. Right. I don't care if it's people on vacation, client won't get back to me, materials aren't available, um, weather, yeah. You know, I, I really don't care the source. I want to focus on what do I do about it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like that the pre-mortem is like a it, one size fits all, right? It doesn't matter what type of project you're working on, whether it's big and complex or just a smaller project within your company. It uh, doesn't matter if it has a million dollar budget or just a thousand dollar budget, but it seems like this exercise could be effective no matter what type of project you're working on as well, just to, and, and as you're talking through all of these steps of how you get to what would essentially be your list of risk factors coming out of this type of conversation is you're one step ahead on your risk register as well at that point, right? This is the makings of that very important tool that you will carry along with you throughout the life of the project. So again, there's nothing but benefits that I'm hearing as you're talking through it of doing this exercise at the beginning of the project. Yes, to your point there, uh, as you mentioned earlier, if you have a list of the risks, they're top of mind. Mm -hmm. So when they start to happen, you go, ooh, I see it. But then- to the point that you just made, I have a list of what to do. Yeah. And so I can react sooner rather than later. And you know, one of the things about projects that drives every leader crazy is when they're delayed. Yes. And if you are thinking about delays, if I recognize that one of my issues may be with delivery of materials, the minute I hear there's a possibility that something mm-hmm. might be late, mm-hmm. I'm going to hop on it because I know that that's a critical success factor. Absolutely. And 
I won't wait till somebody says, yeah, we just found out that shipment is delayed by two months. I will start thinking about it with that shipment might be delayed. Mm -hmm. And again, it becomes another superpower that we add to our belts as project managers, right? It's the, the kind of that vision of what potentially may be ahead and your ability to rally the stakeholders around this potential threat to the project. I think um, in terms of timing and what to do with the list after you have it, I'm trying to get into like the nitty gritty details because I'm sure Mm -hmm. people are listening in that they want to be able to execute this themselves is how far in advance of the project starting or is it at the project starting? Do you do the pre-mortem? And then I I think the follow-up question to what you just described as the actual exercise of it how do we ensure that we continue to track these along the project as long as the project goes on? Yeah, this is not a one and done, you know, we can do it, put it away and say, we're done with that part of the project. No, this is a task that should be carried all the way out on your Gantt chart, Mm -hmm. that you are always looking at the risk factors. So maintaining a list of the high risk high probability factors so that those, I would call those the bright red issues stay top of mind. And periodically in your project, you should have the team revisit and say, has anything changed that changes a risk factor? Mm -hmm. And that becomes really important on your long-term projects because nothing stays the same after no. a couple of months. So no, it does not, <laughs> um, you know, it, again, you start thinking about planning a trip. You might plan where you're going six months in advance, but there may be some things that change between when you pick that location and now when you're going. Sure. Yeah. So there might be changes in weather. You know, we were just talking about the heat wave in the in the West, mm-hmm. that would certainly change how you're planning for your trip. Oh yeah. Especially um, if it's outdoors. Yes. You might change <laughs> the things that you decide to do. Sure. So that when the circumstances change, your risk factors change. So I, I think it's always good to make sure that someone on your team, a part of the regular project team is assigned the role of being the chief risk officer. Mm, that's a great idea. Yeah. Their mission, part of their role, what you know, in addition to their other roles on the on the project, mm-hmm. is their mission is to keep scanning the horizon and see what's out there. Is any has anything changed? Has something moved? Sure. That uh, so post-COVID, materials delivery mm-hmm. has become a huge issue Timelines for have a changed. lot of people. Yep. Um, I just read that Home Depot has um, leased their own ship. Really? Because of issues in delivery of materials. Oh, that's so interesting. They want to yep. control their own ship. Sure. Yeah. And you uh, wouldn't have learned that if it wasn't for this external factor that, right. to be honest, I don't know who in their risk register could have imagined we'd be in a pandemic, but I think those are the things that we need to be talking about, right? And and that's that's very interesting to bring that up about Home Depot. Yeah, and I think um, smart companies actually were thinking about this at the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. given that uh, we import so much yeah. 
from overseas. Right. And we have so much manufacturing overseas. Uh, when those countries shut down, the deliveries stop. Yeah. The production stops. So yeah. you have whatever was in the pipeline is good. But now all of a sudden we've shut down. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a delay before that starts to impact supply chains. Right. But knowing that if that was on my list of issues, supply chain, you know, I'm, I'm managing a long-term construction project. I know where we get our materials from. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody that is, um, uses cement, um, 99% of that is coming from overseas. Right. So if you were thinking ahead of time and realizing that delivery is a risk factor for you, you'd be saying, I've got to think this through. Right. And maybe I need to place some additional orders right now. Right. So that I become more of a priority for my vendor. Right. And the supply chain issue that may have been ranked very low on the list automatically shoots to the very top. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. So you have that, right. that foresight to know. And when you've got know. this list to look at, you can almost look as though you're a fortune teller. Yes, exactly. How did you know this was going to happen? Right. Well, I didn't know it was going to happen. I did know that it was, it would affect us if it did. So it really, another benefit of this is that you look really smart. You do. <laughs> to your point, even psychic, right? Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That you are the one that holds the keys to what potentially could go wrong. And, and sometimes even opportunities that you could swing in your favor for a project as well could fall on that list as well. Yes. You know, pre-mortem doesn't necessarily need to be all about the negatives. You could potentially see some savings up front that you could try to tap into if you had all the right uh, things in place for, for that too. So, but yes, to your point, you as the project manager, if you, if you are able to also wear the, the hat of the risk manager or, or what did you call it, Jennifer? The risk uh, chief risk officer, chief risk officer, then you've, you've got everything that you need to be able to make sure that your project hopefully stays on the best course possible to be successful. So I think and any other, th- a, Oh, go a, ahead. A great point there about, it shouldn't always be about what's the downside, but where are the opportunities in here? Mm-hmm. So Again, if I'm on a tight deadline, you know, if, if delivery on time is questionable right up front, as I see things that come up that give me a chance to speed up yeah. my timeline, right? I'm, rather than just letting it go on an even keel, I'm going to say, let me take advantage of this. Exactly. Let's give it a shot. You know, if, if we plan for efficiency and think we can gain a few days or weeks here and there, give it a shot. The worst thing that can happen is you try to accomplish the opportunity and it doesn't go through, then you're back to your original traditional timeline. Right. Um, but those are definitely exciting conversations to have up front rather than you're already through half of the project and now we're trying to find you know, additional days, weeks, and months in a calendar when you can't. Right. So. And you can also use uh, 
use it as a way of, of maybe getting some additional resources. Mm-hmm. So if you have identified that delivery is critical, has to be done by this date, no ifs, ands, or buts, but that's the biggest issue we have is there are so many things that might go wrong. Um, you know, if you're talking about construction in the middle of winter in the Northeast, yes, deadlines are really hard to make. <laughs> so if you know that's a big problem for you and now you have an opportunity to speed something up, yeah, even though it might cost you a little bit more, you could go to your project sponsor or the client and say, here's an opportunity for us to offset some risk. It's got a little bit of an investment to it, but I think it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And how many of those have you jumped on in in your experience? I mean, I don't need like an actual number, but have you had uh, folks approach you on the project team saying, I think we could we could get some gains here. And and as a CFO, were you able to approve some of those um, risks? I would say about 50% of the time. Oh, great. So if you have gone through the trouble of identifying the risk factors and they are tied to the critical success factors for your project, Mm -hmm. what has to go right in order for us to succeed? Mm -hmm. And you found a risk in here that could actually be a real problem for us. And then you tell me you've got a way to give us some insurance. Oh, I'm all over that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. No, it's good to hear that perspective. You know, as project managers, sometimes we're afraid to approach our leadership with these proposals because again, we just, uh, it feels too risky or you just don't know if you can get the buy-in. So you have hesitation. So it's nice to hear from you that even approaching with something that potentially could be good for the project is something that leadership would entertain. Right. You're not talking about just, you know, nobody ever likes it when the project manager comes in and says, I need you to approve a cost overrun. Yes. That's tense. Right. Uh, But if you can give me a justification and tell me why this would help the project, oh, I will be all over that. Well, good. I'm glad. So listen Listen clearly, project managers, don't be afraid to go to your leadership with these types of what you think might be crazy out there ideas. I think we are all in this together in terms of being able to present to our leadership uh, the best possible outcomes for our project. And I know we talked about pre-mortem today, which can obviously sound morbid, Jennifer, but I think (laughs) there's an absolute benefit to thinking about it in the sense that do the eulogy on your project before it even starts. There's just so many benefits to it that Jennifer described, and she also walked through how to do it. So I highly encourage all of those of uh, project managers listening. And if you're not a project manager and you're listening as well, encourage your team that you're on to consider doing this exercise for yourself. I see nothing but benefits here. Jennifer, any other thoughts? I have two thoughts. One, I would argue that we are all project managers. Yeah. Whether we have that title or not. If Mm -hmm. you are responsible for getting something done, you are a project manager. Uh, And the second thing uh, that you triggered my thoughts with the word eulogy uh, is that once your project is finished, doing an evaluation of it, you know, we do call that a postmortem, but I, I prefer to call that an evaluation where we talk about what were the successes? What did we do right? What mm-hmm. did we miss? 
And I would also, at that point in time, bring back our pre-mortem. Yeah. And oh, say, yeah. that's a good point. What was it that we saw ahead of time that worked? What did we miss in our pre-mortem that did happen? So I all I want to get better at my pre-mortems all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, while I have a crystal ball, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we do the best we can. But the more we evaluate, what were we thinking at the time? What did we miss? I will be that much better prepared for the next project. So it's a, it's a wash, rinse, repeat. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And, and Jennifer, I think that the, the, all the tips, everything that you've discussed is absolutely things that people can exhibit both in their professional and everyday lives. So this is just a useful tip for, for everybody to your point, we're all project managers in some respect, right? So I want, I really appreciate you coming back onto the podcast, Jennifer. This was absolutely insightful for me, uh, selfishly, and hopefully everybody else listening in is also learning about this, uh, kind of secret tool because I, I myself have yet to have seen it executed, uh, where I've worked. So hopefully those of you listening in can start to use it, or if you have used it, let us know how effective it's been. Um, So that will do it for Jennifer and I in this installment of the Everyday PM podcast. Jennifer, folks want to continue the conversation with you on pre-mortems or any other topics. Where can they find you online? Uh, They can reach out to me. My website is sustainablecfo.com or they can reach me via email jelder at sustainablecfo.com. I'm happy to talk further with any of your guests. I highly recommend following Jennifer. Jennifer, I love all of your posts. They're insightful. They're motivating. They just make me think about how I can be a better project manager as well. So I I highly recommend following Jennifer on LinkedIn or wherever you can connect with her. Um, You can also find me on LinkedIn as well. Would appreciate a follow. Feel free to support the Everyday PM Podcast by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. The Everyday PM Podcast is also available on Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, and most podcasting platforms. That will do it for both Jennifer and I. Thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, take care. Thank you very much.